Tommy Pen and Napkin Podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to book club number 18, or sorry, check that, book club number 17. And in honor of opening day, what was to have been opening day, or opening week this week of the baseball season, we are going to have a not one, not two, but three-part series on one of my favorite baseball books of all time, and that would be The Cubs Way, written by Tom Verducci right after the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. Um, I think it's a, a fascinating book, and let me let me first say, uh, th- there is bias here. <laughs> I am not going to lie that there is not bias here. Um, I have been a Cubs fan since 1981. When I was a kid, I would sprint home from the school bus to try and listen to Harry Carey sing, uh, take me out to the ball game. I've, I've seen, you know, I don't know how many Cubs games at Wrigley Field. Uh, when I was 13, I got to meet Harry Carey. Uh, Ryan Sandberg was my hero growing up on and on and on. Uh, I was disappointed in 1989. I was uh, elated in 1998. Uh, as a 30-year-old man in 2003, I cried at the end of Game 7. I'm not afraid uh, to admit that. Um, and I've had five great days in my life. The day I got married, the day, uh, or the three days that my children were born, and November the 2nd, 2016, and that is the day that the Cubs won the World Series. So, uh, I, again, I am an unabashed homer when it comes to this, but I would not share this with you if I didn't think that there were so many things from this book that can be taken to build your program, to, to hone your craft, to, to cross over. If, if we just get boxed in, coaches, with just basketball, or if we're a football coach and all we look at is football and on down the line, then then we're going to get boxed in, and you don't want to be boxed in. You, there's there's good information all the time from so many different sources, and so uh, in this pod, today's pod, we are going to talk about building the vision, building the identity of your program. Uh, Theo Epstein comes in. And it's literally a five-year build uh, to get to the point where the Cubs win the World Series. Uh, a lot of people forget that uh, the Cubs were atrocious for the year or two before Theo took over and for a year or two after that. I mean, they were they were awful. But what were they doing? They were building an identity. They were building a program. And oftentimes we think of, well, building a program is a high school thing or it's a college thing. Uh, in the pros, it's all about talent. Is talent important? Yes, talent is important at every level, but you have to have an identity. You have to have a vision and you have to have a purpose for what you're doing here. Okay. So the partnership, uh, the three-way partnership between Jed Hoyer, Theo Epstein, and then of course, Joe Madden helped bring this vision to life. Okay. They spent five years, for example, uh, creating a finely detailed strategy on basically how to score runs and how to prevent runs. How do you do that? You know, how do we, how do we, if we're first and third and, and there's one out, how do we get out of this situation? What's the optimal way for getting out of this without getting, giving up any runs? Uh, the flip side of it, if we've got first and third and one out, how do we get the most runs out of this? Uh, you know, that type of thing. You take a look at the percentages, you put in the grunt work way before you get into that situation. In the last two pods that I've had with Fran Frischilla and Doug Woodard, uh, we talked about making pressure decisions before you reach that pressure point. Okay, um, 
Joe Madden talked about going into 2016. He says, my mantra to myself was to stay positive and optimistic and to stay in the moment. Um, and I think that's important for us to do as coaches, to stay in the moment, all right? One of the key phrases that Madden used with the Cubs, and I'm sure he's bringing that same type of identity to the Anaheim Angels or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, whatever we're going to call them here, uh, whenever we get back to baseball. And I think this is so uh, important for the game of, of basketball as well. Uh, know that we are not perfect, but we can be present. And I think that's such an important thing uh, in baseball, as, as, as most, if not all of our listeners know. You are successful one-third at the time at the plate, and you are considered an all-time great. Just think of that. You're going to fail two-thirds of the time, and you are still going to be considered great. And I think that is a great lesson from baseball that we can bring into basketball uh, when it comes to that. One of the things that 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 Epstein and, and Madden emphasized, and I think this is also carries over to any sport, a relentless execution of fundamentals, a relentless execution of fundamentals. And I can tell you from watching the, the Cubs of, of previous years, that team in 2015, 2016, there was a relentless execution of fundamentals. There was a, a significant change when it came to the way that they played the game. And if you watch them day in and day out, there was a relentless execution on fundamentals. I think it's really interesting here. There's a part where Madden goes into talking about how he had to bench Jason Hayward uh, during the postseason because you know he was he was a great glove, always been a great glove, but he you know was struggling with the bat. He and so here's the quote, and I'm gonna read this directly from the book. So, okay, he's pissed. There's nothing I can do about that at that point. Sometimes the guy is going to get upset and not want to talk about it. There's not a whole lot I can do about that. I expect that. It's part of the landscape. It happens to everybody. I don't take it in a bad way. It's part of the job. Because you're not going to make to keep everybody happy, I promise you. If he's upset, then somebody else is happy that they're playing. And I think as, as coaches, as head coaches especially, we have to recognize that, hey, you know, not everybody is going to like us. Uh... You know, uh, I forget which uh, coach it was. Uh, he said, if you want to be liked, become a magician. You know, you're not going to be liked if you're going to be a coach, if you're going to be a head coach, especially. You're going to have to make decisions that are going to affect people. All you can do is do your best to inform them why you're making the decision and, and how the decision is being made. And it's up to them to accept it, to know, accept, embrace, and, and excel at their role, whatever that is. All right. Theo knew exactly what he wanted. Uh, in a in a championship baseball team, uh, he talked about, for example, an offense that grinded out at bats, got on base at a high rate, drove balls with authority, uh, a relentless batting order from top to bottom, um, and they didn't want to sacrifice defense for offense. and And he insisted that that we're going to get both. And he also had a description of his of his pitchers and what he wanted out of his pitching staff. Okay, you need to have that to the best of your ability with your team. What is the identity of our program? I can tell you right now, if I'm going to go up against Dick Jungers at New Alfonda, I know what I'm going to see. If I go up against Bryce Myers at Millard South, I know what I'm going to see. If you're going to go up against Coach McDermott at Creighton, you know what you're going to see. There's the identity. There's no secrets. Tom Osborne in football when he was at Nebraska, Kirk Ferentz in, in, in football. Uh, you know what you're going to see, all right? Uh, 
You need to have the resourcefulness of a small market team and try to have the resources of a big market team. What can you do to make your program as big time as possible, yet analyze the details and be resourceful like a small market team? You have to think in that manner, okay? He also talks a lot about, uh, the Cubs talked about not compromising character for talent, okay? And I think the Yankees under Joe Torre, uh, in the in the late '90s and the early aughts, I guess we'll call them that, when they went on their run, uh, there there was there was great talent, but they never sacrificed character. Now the Cubs did make one controversial decision, and that was to bring in Araldis Chapman. If you have a solid group, if everybody is solid in your team, you can take a chance on one guy. You can't have two guys. You can't take a chance on two guys at the same time because those two guys are going to get together and they're going to poison other people around them. But you can take a chance on one guy. All right. Um, here's an interesting thing, and, and this is a little bit of a bitter pill, pill to swallow. Um, but they talked about when when Theo traded Nomar Garcia Parra, who was supposed to be, uh, you know, and he was individually as a player, was a great player for the Red Sox. And then, of course, he got traded to the Cubs in 2004. And I won't go down that rabbit hole. But here's the quote from the book. When the Red Sox traded Nomar Garcia Parra, they went 42-18 and 18 without him. The lesson for Epstein was that character of players in the clubhouse mattered, especially in a major market where negative issues get amplified. Okay, and sometimes you have addition by subtraction. Sometimes you're better off without talent and talented players. He talked about character here. Uh, he says we want to characterize, or we want guys who care about winning and prior, prioritize it, and are happy when the team wins and they are 0 for four, and, and are pissed even if we lose and they are three for four. And I think that's the great hallmark of a great teammate. You know, if you have somebody who's legitimately upset after a game and they played well but the team lost, that's the type of guy, that's the type of gal you want to roll with. Um, he talks about working through adversity. Epstein wanted to bring guys on board to his team that had somehow worked through adversity. You take a look at Anthony Rizzo. He had cancer. He had to work his way through cancer before he made it to the major leagues. You take a look at uh, Kyle Schwarber, who had some weight issues in college. You, you know, there's a lot of these guys. Uh, John Lester uh, had the, the, the he still has the, the infamous yips where he can't throw over to first base. Um, you know, there's got to be some adversity. You got to know your kids. Uh, if you're in a school, ask your ask your teachers how your players are in their class. You know, they could be angels in your class, uh, but how are they to in the math class? How are they to the janitor? Uh, how do they treat people when nobody's looking? How do they treat people who they don't necessarily have to treat well? That was always really, really important for me, is that we, we were cognizant of the scorekeepers at our games. We were cognizant of the janitors who needed to pick up our locker rooms after the games. We didn't want them to pick up anything in the locker room. We wanted them to walk in, and all they needed to do was do it, you know, do the bare minimum, the, the OSHA standard, but, but to have them look like there was nobody in this facility after we left. Uh, Theo, you know, in the book, they talk about connection and they, they talk about creating that connection between teammates, between management, between uh, 
between the the coaching staff and between the players, and you have to have that three way relationship. Uh, in 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 high school sports, you have to have a four way relationship. You have to have a four way relationship between parents, between administration, between the coaches and the players. It's got to work that way. If you're talking about in, in professional sports, it's management, coaching staff, the players, and the fans, and those are your four connections that you need to have there. And and that was important to build those connections. And it's important within your programs to build those connections. All right. So he goes into and, and he come he came up with this 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 roadmap. It's a, it's a 259 page player development manual that they came out with in 2012, and it was called the Cubs Way. All right. And and they broke down everything: the proper pregame warm up. Uh, the proper pregame routine for pitchers, curfews, nutrition, cutoffs and relays, clubhouse protocol, strength and conditioning, uh, pitching and hitting mechanics, mental skills, proper way to take BP, all these things all the way on down the line, how we're going to address on the road, uh, the proper way to slide. With this downtime, think of your program from the top to the bottom and how do you want to address everything? How are we going to run pregame warm-ups how what what is going to be what do we want our bus rides to look like uh what do we want our time right after practice to look like how do we want our players to look in practice do we want our shirts tucked in do we want them untucked does that matter to you to me that those those are those are things those are cultural things to create that vision here's how we're going to get there and and it's the difference you know is that going to be the difference between you going from from five wins to 15 wins in one year? Probably not. You're going to need a talent infusion. But you know what? It's going to take you from 16 to 18 wins. And I did a study for 10 years. The, the average number of wins that a team needed to get into the state tournament, regular season wins, was 17 wins. That was the average number of regular season wins. And then you add in two or three, depending on your level of play uh, or how many games you got to play to get to the state tournament in your particular class or in your particular state. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's the vision. That's what takes you from there. And you can't get from five to 15 without getting from five to seven or five to nine. And part of that is talent infusion. Absolutely. But part of that is vision, how you're going to do things, how you're going to build this step by step by step. And you have to have that vision. If you're going to sell yourself as a coach, if you're looking for a head coaching job, what's your vision for your program? How is it going to look? And and Theo and 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 Joe Madden, well, Joe Madden didn't come along until 2015, but Theo had the vision put together in 2012, and he called it the Cubs way. That's where we're going to lead off, leave off, excuse me, for part one of this three-part book club series on baseball and the Cubs way. So many good things to come out of this. Uh, we're going to see how that vision. Uh, came to be as as Theo called it a living breathing document, and uh, how the Cubs were able to take that and move that forward and eventually break the greatest curse in the history of North American professional sports. If you're listening, obviously you're on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, please be uh, sure to uh, forward this out to folks that might be interested into it. Uh, like it, rate it, review it. Uh, follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. Uh, daily coaching tidbits on there. I've been, I'm, I'm going through my Don Meyer collection here. Every day I'm cranking out new stuff about Don Meyer and the stuff that he's put together here. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, this has been part one of, of, of a three-parter on the Cubs way by Tom Verducci uh, about the building of the 
of the 2016 World Champion Chicago Cubs. Coaches, stay safe, and as always, be sure to hone your craft one day at a time.